Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all the great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS is number to jump on in. 855-212-4227. You could always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Whole lot to do today. Got Moist Mike and also Stuart Kovacs along the other way. We'll take you all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. The eventual Hall of Famer, legendary NFL quarterback, Drew Brees, going to stop by an hour 40 from now at 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 1.40 p.m. Pacific. But we got to start off with a game that had a lot of hype, a lot of buzz to wrap up. Week 11 in the NFL, and for a while, it looked like Kansas City was making a statement. It looked like Kansas City said, hey, you guys think we're vulnerable? We're going to put our defense on full display. We're going to show you something that Zach Gelb has been saying since week three, that this Kansas City Chiefs defense is really damn good this year and is the strength of this team this year and also is not getting enough credit. And that was the tone at halftime. But then, once the Chiefs got into the locker room in the second half, even though it appeared like they were the better team, even though it appeared like the Eagles were having another sluggish, pedestrian type of game, and the defense was getting carved up in the first half on the run, and the offense couldn't do nothing, and you saw the way that the Chiefs' defensive line was manhandling one of the better offensive lines of the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles, then the tide sort of started to turn in the second half. Because when you enter the fourth quarter, and remember, this is someone that picked the Eagles last night. This is someone that picked the Eagles by four points last night. I didn't think the Eagles were going to win that game entering the fourth quarter. I didn't. Even with picking them to win the game before the game did start and sprinkling money on the money line. Because when I watched that game through three quarters or even three quarters and change, it was apparent that on the field on Monday Night Football, The Chiefs, on that singular game, were the better team. But then, this is what the Eagles have done. And I kind of roll my eyes through the first nine weeks of the Eagles season when people were saying, oh, they're 8-1, but they're a fraudulent 8-1. Oh, they're 8-1, but they're not really that good. And what I've sat here and said from the start of the season up until now If you keep on telling me a team that deserves the benefit of the doubt, a team that got to the Super Bowl last year, 
that they're 8-1, and one, but you don't like the way that they're winning? Well, what's going to happen when they fully start to click? What is going to transpire when, like last year, they put it all together? And in the final moments of that game, in the final six, seven minutes of the game, the Eagles fell in line with what they've been this season, what they've been the last two years. And that's winners. I don't care how it looks. This is not the Minnesota Vikings from last year where you knew they were a fraudulent team. This is a team that in back-to-back years, they've only lost, what, four or five games? It's crazy. They have been dominant. They've been elite. They've been one of the standards in the NFL for the last few years. And that's what the great teams do. When they don't play their best, when it looks like they should probably lose a game, they walk away from the game victorious. And you see these two teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs. I don't think it would shock anybody if we're sitting here on Super Bowl Sunday in Vegas and it's a rematch of the Super Bowl from a year ago. But you look at the Eagles compared to Kansas City, there's more concern about the Chiefs when we question these two teams than the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I look at Philly. Their offensive line, even though did not play well through the first half, is dominant. Their receivers, they won a game last night. A.J. Brown had one catch and was frustrated all throughout the game. But their receivers are phenomenal with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Their quarterback is just a winner. He's just a dog. And then defensively, that defense up front, it's amazing. How many guys that the Eagles have, old, young, new, uh, guys that have been around for years, that just get after the quarterback? And that play that Jalen Carter almost made on the spike was sick. The fact that he almost picked it off and Mahomes was spiking the football, it's always one of those things where you're sitting around with your buddies watching a game or ever you watch a game with it, you go, oh, someone should just dive at the football when they spike it. Carter tried that, and he almost picked off the ball, which would have been one of the greatest, most athletic plays we've ever seen coming from a big fella on the defensive line. But you look at the Eagles, you walk away from that game, and it's just a reminder how dangerous, how lethal, and how much for granted some people have taken Philadelphia. Where if you keep on saying, oh, they're 7-1, and one, they're 8-1, and one, they're 9-1, nine, nine and one. but I don't think they're that good. What the bleep are you watching? Because this is what's scary for the rest of the league. This is what should make the other 31 teams crap their pants is that if we're talking about this team this way at 9-1, oh, they could have lost. This could have gone against them. This could have happened. Imagine when they start to put it all together. And remember, this is a team coming off a Super Bowl loss. How many teams do we usually see lose a Super Bowl? We always talk about a Super Bowl hangover for the team that wins, but how many times do you see a team that loses the Super Bowl and then the next year they're just really sluggish? Or the next year they're not even close to getting back to where they are. We're now nitpicking with Philadelphia about how they win. And they've only lost one game this year. And quite frankly, let's be fair. Let's do it both ways. If you want to say how many times they could have lost games that they ended up winning, how about the game that they lost? If Hurts doesn't make that idiotic decision at the end and just holds on to the football, they're undefeated right now. So there's not a legitimate, egregious flaw with this team. And out of all the teams in the NFL... You put a gun to my head and you say, Zach, who's the team that you have the most confidence in to get to the Super Bowl this year? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Now, on the other side, going to Kansas City, there is concern with Kansas City. But a lot of times when people say you're concerned about a team, usually hear like the big, uh, big red warning sign going off, like alert, alert, alert. It's not to that level of concern where it's, oh, my God, this is an unmitigated disaster for Kansas City or, oh, my goodness gracious, the Kansas City Chiefs suck. No, it's not that. But you look at the Chiefs, it's almost inconceivable that in three straight games for them, with their great quarterback, with their unbelievable video game quarterback, that this team has played three straight games and they have not scored a point. They've been shut out in the second half of three straight games, going back to Denver, Miami, and then last night. And that's not on the fault of the quarterback. Because we all know how ridiculous Mahomes is. He should have thrown a touchdown last night to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling kind of looked like Clifford Franklin in the replacements before they had Clifford Franklin go do something with an elephant, if you watch that movie, to get some sticky substance on his hand. Major League Baseball would try to ban that, by the way. But you see Kansas City. The Chiefs are a team that, yes, we could say they're vulnerable. Yes, we could say their offense is not as high-octane as it's been in previous years. But that doesn't mean, even with the concern around Kansas City, that they don't have a shot this year. Because if you want to tell me the Chiefs are vulnerable, the Chiefs should have concerns, the Chiefs have warts, you're not wrong. But who's going to dethrone them in the AFC? And right now, as I sit here today, after watching 11 weeks of football, There's only one team that I could say confidently, and it's by the slimmest of margins, that is definitely better in the AFC than Kansas City, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens just, we think, have lost uh, Mark Andrews for the season, even though there's a slight window he could come back. And even in a game where they do defeat the Cincinnati Bengals, you saw injuries play a factor in that game, not only with Mark Andrews, but Joe Burrow going down on Thursday Night Football being done for the year. And even in that game, and past history matters, Lamar Jackson suffered an ankle injury, and he said he's fine. But with that being said, it's impossible when you watch the Ravens to not think, oh, well, Lamar's got hurt the last two years and hasn't been available at the end of the season. And not that anyone wants to root for an injury. I would love to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl. But if you do see Lamar Jackson go down, then who's the team that you're going to say goes to the Super Bowl in the AFC? It's Kansas City. So it shows you, even when there's some holes in Superman's cape, even when the Chiefs appear to have some warts that they did not have in the last few years, they could still maybe be the prettiest person at the dance at the end of the season. And if you don't believe me, let me just take you back to last year. (laughs) Last year, what did everyone say before the start of the season? Yeah, they got Mahomes. Yeah, they got Kelsey, but they don't have Tyreek Hill. They could be got this year. The Chargers could win the AFC West. Remember, that was the tone. That was the conversation. That was the ridiculousness. Some of it's viewed by me. Some of it's viewed by others. Some of it's viewed by a lot of you listening, where we were that dumb to think that the Chiefs could actually be got last year inside the AFC. And Cincinnati has been the biggest team that's been the biggest pain in their ass the last few years. They lose in the AFC Championship game 
to Kansas City. Before that, Buffalo folds, and no one else really took the baton and ran with it. So Kansas City's telling the rest of the AFC, your offense isn't that great this year. We got Mahomes. Yeah, we got Kelsey, but he's still banged up. He's contemplating retirement with all that stuff that you hear before the game. But outside of that, even though Isaiah Pacheco runs really hard, outside of that on offense, they don't have much. You rely on Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, they don't have anything outside of 15 and 87 that you look at on the offensive side of the ball and say, oh, yeah, I trust those guys each and every week. And even with that being said, Kelsey had a turnover last night. Mahomes cost his team in the red zone last night. Great move by Harry Roseman getting the safety from Tennessee, Kevin Byard. So we could talk about the problems with Kansas City and their problems with Kansas City. If you think it's crazy when you tune in today and you've heard me say this for the last few weeks that the strength of this team is their defense and you go, what the hell is uh, this Gelb guy talking about? Well, you haven't been paying attention because the strength of this team this year is the defense. Now the question just becomes, can you get a full 60-minute effort from this offense? Because the last three weeks... We've seen them uh, against the Broncos. They had nothing. But against the Eagles and also against the Dolphins, the offense played well. The offense did enough in the first half. But then once they got to halftime, they either shut it down or once they moved the ball, then they did stall. And that's the problem. And I have to think from now until the end of the season – Mahomes is going to find a way to make this be good enough because that's what the great quarterbacks do. How many years did I watch Tom Brady with guys like David Givens, David Patton, um, Brandon LaFell, Chris Hogan? We're not talking about household names. And every year they had a shot. So for Mahomes and for Andy Reid, And for Travis Kelsey, it's about finding that next receiver from here on out. And you could crush the Chiefs for not getting enough around Mahomes this year and all that stuff. But still, even with all the problems, even with all the complaining that people have, we do a Super Bowl draft right now. Who's going to go to the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, a lot of people are going to take the Eagles. A lot of people are going to take the 49ers. Some will even say, yeah, what about the Detroit Lions? Right? There's only three teams in the NFC. Then you get to the AFC, and it's a legitimate debate. Ravens or Chiefs. Outside of that, I can't take anybody else seriously. Like, the Dolphins are good. They just lost to Kansas City. And look how many problems people have today with Kansas City. No one else in the AFC West you could trust outside of the Chiefs. In the North, yeah, sure, the Ravens, I just said that. Bengals just lost Burrow for the season. The Browns have a heck of a defense, but they don't have a quarterback right now. And in the AFC South, oh, you want to tell me the Jaguars? Oh, yeah, the Jaguars lost in week two. To who? Kansas City. So they are still a top five team in the NFL. They still may even be a top three team in the NFL. And if you tell me that these are the problems with Kansas City and they're on the offensive side of the ball, they exist. They're there. They're apparent. But we're judging it off the standard of the greatness that we've expected in years past. Sometimes you just need to be good to win. And this year, 
You may not need to be elite to win. You may not need to be great to win because there's not many great or elite teams in the NFL. And maybe the Chiefs just finding a way to be good, solid, decent on offense will be enough for them, bare minimum, to get to an AFC title game again, to get to a Super Bowl again, or maybe even win it all again. So definitely some reason for concern. Definitely some reason to have a little slight panic. But let's remember, we did something very similar last year. And who ended up winning the championship last year? Kansas City. Where's your concern level with the Kansas City Chiefs? 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Where do you put the Chiefs in the top teams of the NFL and in the AFC for this season? Who do you have more confidence in? The Ravens or the Chiefs? We'll take a break. When we come on back, the Steelers finally did something that I've been advocating for for the longest time. We'll react to that next and what is the biggest uh, cause of detail and thing now we need to monitor in Pittsburgh moving forward. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All righty, this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. You can find the poll question on my Twitter, also at CBS Sports Radio as well, at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Who do you have more confidence in to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? The Ravens or Chiefs early, early, early premature returns. 57.1% say the Baltimore Ravens. 42.9% say the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) Ken Carmen chimes in. He goes, the Browns. And that is like the most obnoxious but funniest thing. And I think Ken's doing that on purpose. When you ask a poll question and then people go, oh, but this option isn't available. What about them? The reason why we're asking... Ravens or Chiefs, because those are the two best teams in the AFC right now. And I want to see how much after last night with the Chiefs going down to the Eagles in a game where it looked like the Chiefs were better, and then they don't win the game and the offense stalls in the second half, where people are at in terms of saying Kansas City's vulnerable, and still then when push comes to shove, do you trust them to get to the Super Bowl the most, or is it someone like the Ravens who have challenged them? And so far, I think, 
with what I've seen through the first 11 weeks of the season, the Ravens are the better team. Um, Let's get, though, to the Steelers. So you heard it on Friday. I said going into the weekend that if the Pittsburgh Steelers do not take care of business against the Cleveland Browns with starting Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback with teams that are very similar where we know what to expect out of, def- out of the defense, where the defense is just awesome. Both defenses are kick-ass. Miles Garrett is a stud. T.J. Watt is a stud. That if Matt Canada couldn't produce an offense, regardless of what you think about Kenny Pickett, regardless of what you think about Najee Harris and the offensive line, to outscore a quarterback making a second career start, then he should be fired. And that's what transpired on Sunday where it's not even as if the Browns set the bar really high. They were only able to score 13 points in the game. As an offensive coordinator, as a seasoned offensive coordinator, with a quarterback who's not good but in your number two, you should be able to take advantage and find a way to just get to 14 points. And if you would have just scored two touchdowns or a touchdown and then a few field goals, you would have defeated the Cleveland Browns. But the Steelers couldn't do that. And the Steelers got lucky because they had one big play. Jalen Warren got the touchdown, and then they barely went to him the rest of the game. So Matt Canada needed to go. I've been saying this for weeks, that Matt Canada needed to get fired. On Monday, they didn't do so. And last night, the move finally happened, and it was announced today. Because... The way that I think this did go down, regardless of what Mike Tomlin said at his presser today, or regardless of what people are going to report, the feeling is that this was Art Rooney the second's call. That he was the one that jumped in, and he was the one that said, Mike, we love you. We've now heard you, Coach Tomlin, for weeks defend Matt Canada. Refuse to fire him. Refuse to make an in-season firing. But after what we just saw on Sunday... We can't allow you, even with how much we respect you as a coach, even where I don't think Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat, even though you can't question his job because he hasn't won a playoff game since the 2016 season. There's legitimate reasons why some Steelers fans, why even though I don't think he's going to get fired, nor should he get fired, but there are reasons why Steelers fans may want to move on. But to continue to go back to the well and do the same thing over and over again with Mike Tom, with uh, Matt Canada, just didn't make any sense. And for everyone that's tweeting me or for everyone that's sending me an Instagram message, well, you know it's not just Matt Canada's fault. Yeah, I watch the games. <laughs> I'm fully cognizant of that. I'm not telling you the Steelers firing Matt Canada means that now all of a sudden the Steelers are going to look like the, uh, the, the yellow and black the way that they were with Big Ben Roethlisberger or with Terry Bradshaw, or with Heinz Ward, or Antoine Randall Like, I'm, I'm not telling you that they're going to be those great Steeler offenses. But there is a pecking order here. When you have teams that you don't believe in coaches and you don't believe in players, before everybody goes, it's not as if we just blow the entire thing up at once. It's a process. And the first guy that was on the chopping block was Matt Canada. He now got the axe, and internally they promote guys within to see if it could jumpstart the team, 
See if it could jumpstart the offense. And guess what happens now throughout the rest of the season? Kenny Pickett needs to show and prove his worth. I don't believe Kenny Pickett's the guy. I said this a few weeks ago, that I'm not a big believer in Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett is anywhere close to being a franchise quarterback. But now, everyone that used Canada as an excuse, everyone like myself that implored the Steelers, and I'm not a Steelers fan, to fire Matt Canada, we got our wish. Now, if the offense still stinks, if the offense can't even look decent, and we got to remember the standard here, (laughs) I'm not asking the Steelers' offense to be this high-flying 07 Patriot offense. I'm not asking them to be the greatest show on turf. I'm asking them to manage the game. I'm asking them to have a pulse, to be competent, to be decent. Because look at the AFC right now. Ravens, really damn good team. Even they have had offensive problems at time this year finding their identity. Kansas City, they are now a defensive first team this year, if you're just judging by this season. After that, you have the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they have a great offense. Last two weeks, they struggled, though. You look inside your own division. We talked about the Ravens. How about the Cleveland Browns? The Browns are 7-3. and three. They don't have a quarterback. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson woke up at the end of the game and outplayed Kenny Pickett. So if Kenny Pickett has any hope or any chance or wants to show me that he should be the starting quarterback next year, it's not just make the playoffs. Like This team is 6-4. and four. They should be able to win four more games and get into the postseason. And maybe 10 doesn't get you in. Who knows? But with Canada being out there, that's just the first domino to fall. And the next domino to fall is is, uh, Kenny Pickett. So now you get all the attention away from Matt Canada, and now you have Kenny Pickett backed up into a corner, and let's see what he's got. And maybe this offense changes a little bit where they use Warren Moore at the end of the game, and they're not concerned about the feelings getting hurt of Najee Harris. Time for uh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson to get on the same page. This is not going to be a fix overnight. This is not going to be something that changes just because you get rid of the offensive coordinator. But I'm not asking for a drastic change. I'm not asking for this to be the greatest offense you've ever seen. I'm just asking them to be average. And if, when Kenny Pickett can't be average and he can't change this around in the final two months or so in the season, then guess what? Mike Tomlin, you want people to stop coming after you? Mike Tomlin, you want people to stop questioning you? Then you got to get rid of Kenny Pickett. And you got to get in someone that knows how to call the plays better and knows how to actually play the quarterback position. Because what you've seen transpired in Pittsburgh pretty much the last decade, when the offense is awesome, the defense sucks. And when the defense is awesome, the offense sucks. You don't win that way. You don't win to the Steelers' standard of Super Bowls that way. Even if the defense is better than the offense, it can't be when the defense steps on the uh, seesaw, the offense flies all the way up in the air and off the seesaw. Yeah, the defense may be a little bit heavier than the offense, but they got to show some resistance on the seesaw. They got to find a way to at least not make their, their, uh, their butts fly right off the seat of the seesaw. And this team this year, the Steelers, they could be the Browns. 
They can be. They can be a team that makes the playoffs, win a playoff game. But the only way that happens is if you find a way to get an average offense. And with Matt Canada, this team was nowhere close, and they were not heading into the direction of being an average offense. So now Canada out. You have him be the scapegoat, him be the person that takes the heat, and deservedly so. Like, he shouldn't be just exonerated. He shouldn't be this person that we have sympathy for, and they're like, oh, he's the victim here. He didn't carry his own weight. But now Kenny Pickett's got to be the guy. He's got to be the leader. He's got to be that dude. And if it doesn't happen, then guess what? At the end of the year, Mike Tomlin, you got to go get a new quarterback and a new OC. Because you look at the defense, that defense is ready to win. That defense is a championship defense. But offensively, they can't do jack right now. Zach Gelb here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. The biggest game this weekend in football is in college. It's the game. Ohio State and Michigan, I'll be in attendance for that. Ryan Day has done something that Urban Meyer has never done during his time as the Ohio State Buckeyes head coach. Lost to Michigan. Ryan Day's actually done it twice the last two years. Even though Ryan Day has only lost six games as his time as the head coach of the Ohio State, if he loses this game, and loses three straight times to Michigan. Will he be shown the door? We'll discuss that on the other side. Update time first. Here he is, El Capitan. Nice to work with him once again. The always ball dress. The always stylish. The great, the fantastic, the wonderful. And no, he's not paying me. Marco Belletti. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more 
at NavyFederal.org. This week's player is Dolphins linebacker Jalen Phillips. In Sunday's 20-13 win over the Raiders, Phillips had six tackles, two sacks, and a pick. Miami's defense as a whole uh, held Las Vegas to 36 rushing yards and forced three turnovers. And I'll tell you about Jalen Phillips. I said this early in the year. If the Dolphins want to exceed expectations, and I picked the Dolphins to win the AFC East before the season started, um, but if when I talk about exceeding expectations, winning a playoff game or two, or maybe going to an AFC championship game or going to a Super Bowl, I really do believe Jalen Phillips needs to be their most valuable player. And people will say, whoa, 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 wait, Zach. <laughs> you know what Tyree Kill's doing. Yeah, that's expected out of Tyree Kill. Even going over 2,000 yards this year, Tyree Kill is a stud. We all know what Tyree Kill is. Jalen Waddell is phenomenal. Tua Vailoa is good. They find enough in the run game. But you need that defense to be good. You need their defense to carry its own. And it did that the last two weeks. And the defense played well the last two weeks where even though they didn't beat Kansas City, they shut out Kansas City in the second half. And they did a heck of a job. And the offense wasn't carrying at its own weight against the uh, Raiders in maintaining what was starting to be a Raiders team. Not that anyone thought they were any good, but were starting to be serviceable after taking care of business against two really bad teams in the Jets and the Giants. But you look at Jalen Phillips like, when the Eagles got to the Super Bowl last year, yeah, Hurts was awesome. A.J. Brown was awesome. Devontae Smith was awesome. That line was phenomenal. But I thought their most valuable player last year was Hassan Reddick. And look at the way that Hassan Reddick wrecked that NFC title game and then come the Super Bowl with the problems with the turf and he couldn't get his footing and all that. You take Hassan out of the game, Eagles didn't end up finding a way to win the Super Bowl. Look last night at what Hassan Reddick was able to do early in the game up against Kansas City. So Jalen Phillips needs to have a Hassan Reddick type of impact for the Dolphins to take it to a level that a lot of us did not think that they could be capable of before the start of the season. I know early in the year he was dealing with an injury, but now back now healthy and thriving with the Miami Dolphins. So the game this weekend, and you know what game I'm talking about. It's the game. It's Ohio State. It's Michigan. We always know this one is a big one. The last two years after Ohio State has just pummeled and dominated Michigan year in and year out, Michigan took this rivalry back. Michigan showed their dominance the last two years, blowing them out two years ago, and then the game was close going into the fourth quarter last year, and then Michigan took it right to them. But Ohio State fans are now starting to wonder, fair or not, well, how much did the Stallion sign-stealing scandal factor into those two victories? So now you get a game with two fan bases, two teams that hate one another. Both of these teams, they market their entire season for Ohio State Beat the team up north for Michigan. Oh, it's beat Ohio State. Blah, 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 blah. We know where the bad blood is here. We know the hatred, the animosity, and just how these two teams can't stand one another. But now you factor in the sign-stealing scandal. You have even more bad blood with these two teams. Harbaugh, who's not even going to be on the sidelines on Saturday because he's serving the final game of that suspension for now from the Big Ten, he has said before about Ryan Day, right, the whole uh, born on third base kind of uh, comment, take it over Urban Meyer. And then you have Ryan Day, who basically said the other day, this was from yesterday, 
that there's going to be a time and place to talk. Right now, it isn't. And then there's all these theories behind the scenes. How much of an involvement did Ryan Day have with the whole Connor Stallions thing getting public and all that? But the facts are Ryan Day's done a good job at Ohio State. Not a great job, even though his record's 55-6 and and he coached a national championship. But when you lose back-to-back years to Michigan, and Michigan, who was dead man walking, Michigan, who had no pulse in this rivalry, then starts to not only win the last two games, but now be right in the mix as a college football playoff contender, be right in the mix as a national championship contender. You got to go show Ryan Day, and Ryan Day needs to show the Buckeyes fans that he's the right guy for the job. And I know a lot of that could be a lot of people kind of turning their head and going, Zach, the guy's only lost six games. You advocating for him to lose his job? No, I'm not. I'm not advocating for him to lose his job. Let me be clear. But... When you lose three in a row, or if you lose three in a row to Michigan, you're going to have fans that are not rational call for your job. And last year, you lost to Michigan, then you backed your way into the college football playoff, and you did a nice job up against Georgia, but you lost. So I don't think Ryan Day's job is on the line this weekend. I don't think he will be fired. But if you've already started to hear some cries last year after losing to Michigan in back-to-back years. What happens if you do so three years in a row? And also, for both of these fans, this is what makes the sign-stealing scandal so fun. From the Ohio State fans, they win this game. They could say, see what happens? Look what happens when you don't have the signs. And for Michigan fans, they win this game. They go, well, you know we don't have your signs now. And we still kicked your ass. We still kicked your butt. So that's really what makes it so personal. We already know the buildup and the history and the rivalry and all of that. But that bragging right is enormous. And here's the difference from last year to this year. Even with Florida State having an injury with Jordan Travis and some people now thinking they won't get into the college football playoff, even though I believe they win their next two games, they should still go to the college football playoff. You're undefeated. You're the ACC champ. You should get in the college football playoff, even if you lost your quarterback in Jordan Travis, who's a stub for the final two games of the season and for the rest of the season. But last year, you had complete chaos. You had teams just fold down the stretch where Ohio State was dead after that Michigan game, and then after conference championship weekend, it was like, oh, Ohio State now is going to get in the college football playoff. I don't think enough chaos is going to occur this year. Because we already know the SEC title game is set, so either Georgia or Alabama is going to take one of those spots inside the SEC. In the ACC, I probably don't think Louisville has a chance, even if they're a one-loss ACC champ, but Florida State has still a legit chance to make the college football playoff. We know one spot's going to the Big Ten. You would think either Washington or Oregon are going to get in. So those four teams right there, and we didn't even talk about Texas, who is on pace to only have one loss and win the Big 12 championship. So last year, chaos did ensue. Chaos unfolded. In a four-team playoff, this is even more reasons why I don't think we should go to 12, which they are uh, next year, because, look, this Michigan-Ohio State game, as big as it is, next year when we go to 12, even if Ohio State had, like, two losses or Michigan had um, already a loss on their resume... Yeah, it's still an important game. Yeah, it could determine who gets a home game for the college football playoff. 
but you know that team could still back in and make 12 teams in the college football playoff. You want to tell me because of money, all right, we got to go to more teams, six or eight would have been fine. 12 is just such a, a stretch and such a reach, and it takes away from the importance, especially during rivalry weekend. But now with maybe all these conference changes, who even knows what rivalry weekend is going to look like in a few years? Won't change for Michigan and Ohio State, but for other schools, schools leaving the Pac-12 and uh, the status of a lot of those rivalries looking like they're going to come to an end. So this game, there's so much on the line. But the, the way I think we should talk about Ryan Day's future, it's not will Ohio State move on from Ryan Day if he loses this game and suffers his seventh loss of his career and three of those being to Michigan during his time as the Ohio State head coach. Would Ryan Day think about leaving, though? And the reason why I just throw this out there, look at two big jobs that were open up in the last two years. When LSU was open, who had Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU until it happened? And then you look at USC. Who had Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC when the job opened up? So the biggest job that's available right now is A&M. And A&M is a damn good job with a ton of resources. They'll pay you a big fat contract. Look what they just paid Jimbo Fisher. Uh, they, they recruited so well. They had the number one class, and they had Nick Saban freaking out. Remember when Saban was at that small business uh, conference, and he's begging uh, the, the people at the small business conference to invest more into the collective and NIL? That was all because he was annoyed that Jimbo had a better recruiting class than him. Now, Jimbo can't coach better than Nick Saban. That's been clear. That's why Jimbo Fisher is out of a job. But that's why he went right after Jimbo Fisher and talked about how A&M was just buying everybody because he was begging the people that were at the Alabama Small Business uh, Conference or meeting to put more money into the Alabama football program so they could go get more recruits. It was a strategic move by Nick Saban. And then they had to have the uh, representative of the SEC sit in between them at the SEC media days like those two would ever throw down. Come on. That would never happen. But I'll just throw this out there. Ryan Day who doesn't seem to deal with pressure and pushback all that great, he shouldn't be in danger of losing his job at Ohio State. But he loses this weekend. He would go to 55-7 and seven in his career as the head coach at Ohio State. Like, remarkable numbers. But you know how intense and how passionate that fan base is of Ohio State in taking down Michigan. Urban Meyer never lost to Michigan. This would be Ryan Day's third loss to Michigan. He loses this game. I just wonder if his eyes start to wander and maybe he says, hmm, time for me to leave Ohio State. Time for me to maybe explore Texas A&M. And I don't think it's crazy. I'm not saying it's likely, but I don't think it's crazy. Because all you have to look at are two big jobs that were available the last two years. Once again, LSU opened up. Who had Brian Kelly leave in Notre Dame? Not me. USC opens up. Who had Lincoln Riley leave in Oklahoma where they were humming? Not me. But with big jobs in college football, and A&M is a big job, we could sit here and make predictions and pontificate on who's going to get the job. I always expect the unexpected with big jobs. Because A&M is a big job. And maybe Ryan Day feels some of the heat, feels some of the criticism, and says, hmm, maybe a good time to jump ship and go somewhere else. 
So that's just something that crossed my mind and something that I just started to think about going into this game. Once again, I don't think it's likely. I do think Michigan's going to win the game right here today. I think Michigan's going to win 27-20. to 20. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be touchdown or less. I still expect Day to be the coach, but also I never expected Kelly and Lincoln Riley to leave their jobs and go over to LSU and uh, USC. It is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We have a loaded hour number two coming up in about five minutes. Tom Brady sounds off on the mediocrity of the NFL. We will get into a little overreaction, proper reaction coming off week 11. It is a Tuesday. We do that every Tuesday right here in football season on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. And also still to come in about 40, 45 minutes from now, legendary NFL quarterback. He's been out of the league since 2020. That was his final season. Led the Saints to a Super Bowl. Started his career with the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers. And that, of course, is Drew Brees. He's going to stop by. So a whole lot cooking. Two more hours to play. We will discuss Tom Brady's view of the NFL. And maybe that's a good thing that Brady sounded off of the NFL. Because a lot of people thought, yeah, he'd be bland. He'd be pedestrian in the broadcast booth when he goes to Fox next year. Maybe this is the start of Tom Brady being a dominant NFL analyst. Zach Gelb shows CBS Sports Radio coming on back in five. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.